This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am so thrilled that you are here. I am looking forward to this conversation so, so, so much. Um, A lot of people know that I absolutely love talking about digestion, and this episode today is all about how to get your digestion back on track. So whether you are constantly or chronically having digestive issues, or maybe you just have them every now and then you're wanting to avoid some of them in the future, we're going to talk about some of those things. And I am so eager to get started. So so let's do that. So again, you may or may not know that I have a special love for digestion. I love talking about our digestive system so much, so, so much. In fact, it's actually rare to have a day go by where I don't ask someone, whether it's my kids, clients, friends, random people I meet, all about their bowel habits. I'm only slightly kidding about the random people. I did get into a digestion conversation with a stranger at the grocery store once, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. The more I read and the more uh, research that I do within the nutrition world, the more fascinated I am with our digestive system. It is truly amazing. And the amount of knowledge that science in general knows about the, the digestive system is barely scratching the surface. So it's really exciting. It's a booming Uh, research field right now. And there's so much that's coming out that's showing all that the digestive system is doing. So what I'm going to talk about today are some basics when it comes to digestive health. We are going to cover a few things. One is going to be digestion and absorption and kind of the simple uh, things to know about digestion and absorption. Also transit time and what having a fast or slow transit time means. And also a common myth I hear a lot when it comes to digestive health that I bet you may have thought or somebody you know have have thought. And finally, I'm going to go over some action steps that you can take to get your digestive system back on track and uh, feeling good again. So let's do this. Digestion is so much more than eating something and pooping it out. There are chemical reactions, enzymatic breakdowns, bacterial metabolism, and so much more. Because this is such a passion of mine, on this episode today, I'm just going to talk about some of the basic stuff, but on future episodes, I'll be going into more complex digestive uh, information and issues. So if you are interested in this stuff, or if it's relevant for you or somebody that you care about, make sure to hit subscribe and you won't miss out on any of those future episodes. Um, but, But again, today, this is more of a general info session on basic digestive function. But like I said, a lot of it starts with the basics when I'm when I'm working with somebody or if somebody's trying to learn about what's going on with them, starting with the basics, that foundational kind of things needs to happen in order to build upon that and, and make bigger changes and, and, and things like that. So um, let's start talking about some symptoms in general of poor digestive health. So a lot of times you think bloating, gas, feeling uncomfortable after you're eating, but it's so much more than that. It could be acid reflux. That has to be with your digestive system. It could be chronic constipation or diarrhea, or maybe alternating between the two, whether it's, um, like I said, chronic or even just acute situations. Uh, Autoimmune diseases are commonly linked to poor digestive health or different um, abnormalities within your digestive tract. 
mood disorders, things like depression, anxiety, even schizophrenia is being studied for um, links between the digestive health, specifically certain bacterial strains within the digestive tract. Um, but a lot of people who have mood disorders, uh, it's really not uncommon anymore to, to also uh, know that they have digestive issues as well. So if somebody comes to me and says, I've been, you know, I have uh, clinical depression, I'm going to go ahead and bet that they have some sort of digestive issue as well. Uh, also skin conditions, things like rosacea, acne, rashes, psoriasis, hives, eczema, all of that to me as a nutritionist means that there's an issue in your gut and we got to check it out. Um, so as you can tell, it goes much deeper and much broader than just having like an upset tummy or a gurgly, you know, stomach. It, it goes a lot deeper than that. Our gut or the digestive tract is involved in so many functions in our body that almost anything or any symptom someone has, we always want to start by looking at the gut health. Now, eating something and absorbing something are two different things. I want to be clear on that. Eating something and absorbing it are two completely different things. You could eat all the healthy food your body could handle, but if your gut is inflamed or irritated or sick, you won't absorb most of it, which is kind of the point of eating. Nutrient absorption happens mostly in the small intestine. Some of it happens in the stomach and large intestine or the colon as well, but the majority of it is in the small intestine. And as you can imagine, if any of those parts, any of the parts of the digestive tract are inflamed or diseased or generally in a non-healthy state, absorption may be hindered. So if you aren't absorbing foods that you eat, you can become malnourished fairly quickly. This goes for supplements as well. A lot of people take a multivitamin kind of as an insurance policy for nutrition. However, same thing. If your gut is not in a healthy state, meaning it's not able to absorb nutrients, you likely aren't absorbing any of the multivitamin as well. Hopefully that's clear. I want to I wanted to make sure that that's at least mentioned so that's a little bit clear. Malabsorption can happen when the gut is unhealthy. So another way of thinking about it, this is the garden can't grow if the soil you plant the seeds in is all dried out, rotten, and unhealthy. So kind of an imagey there. Now, one thing or one of the things I ask about and you can pay attention to on your own as well is transit time. This can tell us a lot, well, a lot, a little about the function of your gut. It's, it's definitely important to know your transit time. So transit time is how long food takes to pass through your system from the time of ingesting it or eating it to when you poop it out. If your transit time is too fast, it can tell you a lot about your health. If it's too slow, it can tell you a lot about your health. So which uh, we'll go over that in a second. A super easy way, though, a super easy transit time test, if you will, that you can do at home is simply eat some corn. Eat some corn or beets, a couple of, of you know full beets or slices of beets, and wait to see that corn come out or wait to see that stool turn bright red from the beets which is shocking to see. <laughs> let's, not, let's not downplay that. It's shocking to see that, but it's normal. It's totally normal. Uh, take notes though on the time in hours that you see. So we want to see a range of around 12 to 24 hours as a typical kind of normal transit time. Anything less than 12 hours means you have a sped up digestive system and you could it, it could indicate that the food is not in your system long enough to actually be absorbed which can lead to, of course, malabsorption. 
there's also issues usually when that happens with dehydration. So and electrolyte imbalances, because you, if you have diarrhea uh, chronically, you can be depleted very quickly. If it's longer than 24 hours, this means that stool and other food particles and wastes and toxins are sitting in your colon for too long. So some of those toxins and, and used up hormones, they get recycled back into the bloodstream because they're just sitting there waiting to be let out, you know, so that gets reabsorbed back into your bloodstream, not to mention water in your colon, which is there for the purpose of helping to pass stool, gets recycled and reabsorbed back into your system, which can then lead to dry, hard, hard to pass stools. So this test is relatively easy to do. You just... Take note of when you ate either the corn or the beets and when you see it come out and keep track of that in hours. Your regularity tells a lot about your internal health. And speaking of that, there is one common myth that I mentioned before that I hear a lot that I absolutely wanted to make sure I talked about on this episode. I've had a number of people tell me, swear up and down, left and right, that they are regular and have no issues, issues with bowel activity. When I ask, though, if they have coffee every day, they usually say, yep, definitely, first thing in the morning to help things get moving. When I ask what happens if they don't have the coffee, they respond with, well, I wouldn't go to the bathroom. So that, my friend, means you are not regular. If you have to use a product of some sort to be regular, then you aren't regular and something needs to be adjusted. So let's jump into that part of it now. For one, let's talk about the foods that are more constipating. These are things like fried foods. They are very constipating. Fried foods have a higher salt and sodium content, which throws off the hydration in your colon and, and can lead to dehydration and hard to pass stools. They're also lacking in fiber. So a lot of fried foods don't have enough fiber in them. Um, a sugar is another one. I know, I know we've talked a lot about sugar, but it's, it's another thing that not only does this irritate and cause inflammation in the gut, as we learned in episodes, I think seven and eight, but sugary foods also lack fiber and can disrupt that natural bacteria in the gut and cause all sorts of other issues. Dairy products, again, specifically cheese. Cheese is very constipating. Although it is also delicious and we tend to get a lot of it in our diet. It is very constipating. Diets that are really high in meat products is another thing that tends to be very constipating. Mainly because of, again, the lack of fiber. And typically people who are on a high protein or a, a heavy meat-based diet tend to skip the veggies or high fiber foods, which also slows things down. So you may be saying, okay, yep, I recognize some of what you just said in myself. What do I do about it? Again, we are just going to cover some of the basic action items today. There is a lot more that can be done to rebalance the gut and improve the health of your gut. And it's also very, very individual. No two guts are the same. If you have questions, though, on your specific situation, just a friendly reminder that I do free consultations. You can set that up by uh, clicking on the link that should be below this show, this episode, in the show notes. So always feel free to reach out if you have specific questions. All right, so action items that you can do today. Number one, drink your water. So many people with digestive issues simply do not drink enough water to keep things flowing. Now you may think, well, but my issue is with diarrhea, so I don't need as much water, right? Wrong. 
you are depleting your body of electrolytes and fluids when you have diarrhea, especially when it's chronic diarrhea. So you need to replace it as well. Find the balance with your water intake with this. Again, if you have questions on it specifically, reach out, let me know. Number two, exercise. Moving your body regularly helps stimulate peristalsis, which is the gentle waves in your digestive system that helps move food down the line. So you don't want to do, or you don't have to do anything really extreme. Even just starting a simple walking routine can help get that digestion moving again. And speaking of peristalsis, number three is magnesium-rich foods help to regulate peristalsis. So this is where a variety of fruits and vegetables come into play, dark leafy greens, beans, seeds like pumpkin seeds or nuts like cashews, almonds, all provide magnesium. Fruits and veggies are also uh, high in things like calcium and potassium, which are also electrolytes. So for those with diarrhea, this is important. You want to replace those electrolytes and getting them through foods is optimal because they have supportive nutrients that also helps with absorption. And of, of course, number four is fiber. We can't have action steps for the gut without talking about fiber consumption. We as Americans, on average, fall well below the recommended intake of fiber. Who's shocked? Are you shocked? I'm not shocked. We want to be around 25 grams a day of fiber if you are, or higher if you happen to be a woman, and 35 to 40 grams a day or higher if you are a man. And most of us get around maybe 10, if that, 10 grams a day. So we are falling well below where we need to be. So start paying attention to how many high fiber foods you're eating. There are, um, you know, these are the things like oatmeal, chia seeds, fruits like different berries or pears or apples, veggies like artichokes or broccoli, foods like oatmeal, or I'm sorry, uh, avocado or beans, lentils, peas. There's a lot of variety when it comes to high fiber foods. So find some that you enjoy and start adding one or two maybe into your day at a time if you currently aren't. You, again, fiber is one of those things you want to ease into. You don't want to go from 10 grams to 40 grams overnight. You will be in the bathroom all day. So ease into that and just slowly start incorporating higher fiber foods, maybe one or two at a time in your day throughout the week when you're cooking and planning your meals. Um, get Get some of those in as well. Again, they don't have to be uh, really extreme or anything. You just want to make sure that you're starting to incorporate more of those. And you may be asking if fiber supplements are a good idea. Again, same as the coffee example. If you have to rely on a product consistently to keep you regular, then you don't have healthy bowel habits. Of course. Now these supplements are useful for certain situations in the short term for uh, you know, those people who have a suspected bowel obstruction, if you're given one by your doctor or postpartum women sometimes are given a fiber supplement or a stool softener, but the need for the long-term use of them means your body is not in a state of balance and you need to figure out why. So your action steps for this week is to assess your digestive health. Try out that transit time test. You know, you can share your results on social media if you want. I don't know, share it with a friend and see what yours is. See what your transit time is. Are there other areas of digestion that concern you? If so, how does what we just went over apply to you? Maybe transit time isn't your deal, isn't, isn't an issue for you, but maybe um, bloating is, or maybe uh, eczema is, or something else. Start with the basics. If, if the basics that we went over aren't 
helping, let's dig deeper. There's something else that's, that's the issue. So hopefully after this episode, you can take a few things that we discussed and reflect on them in your own life. And remember, it's not a matter of that old saying of you are what you eat. Instead, you are what you absorb. Have a great rest of the week and please reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much for pressing play today and listening. I hope you have a wonderful day.